Welcome to the Faith for All podcast. This week, we're listening to a sermon given by Pastor Dana O'Brien about living the Lord's Prayer. We hope this message is inspirational for you. All right. Now, this, if, if little kids want to go visit the, uh, the nursery, that would be great. If you want to stay here and decide you want to visit the nursery later, that's fine too. Um, if you want to stay here the entire time. So this morning, we continue our look at the Lord's Prayer. Um, we're now in week three, and today we make a major shift. Oh yeah, you know what? I should do the readings first. Okay, so let me, we have two, we have two readings for today. Our first one is from Exodus 16. Uh, beginning at verse 11, we take it from the message. God spoke to Moses, I've listened to the complaints of the Israelites, now tell them. At dusk you'll eat meat, and at dawn you'll eat your fill of bread, and you will realize that I am God, your God. And that evening quail flew into and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew all over the camp. And when the layer of dew had lifted, there on the wilderness ground was a fine flaky something, finest frost on the ground, and the Israelites took one look, and they said to another, one another, manna. What is this? And manna actually means, what is this? They had no idea what it was. So Moses told them, it is the bread that God has given you to eat, and these are God's instructions. Gather enough for each person, about two quarts per person. Gather enough for everyone in your tent. And so the people of Israel went to work, and they started gathering. Some more, some less. But when they had measured out what they gathered, those who had gathered more had no extra. And those who had gathered less weren't short. Each person had gathered as much as was needed. Moses said to them, don't leave any of it until the morning. But they didn't listen to Moses. A few of the men kept back some of it until morning, and it got warm, and it smelled bad. Moses lost his temper and yelled at them. And then our second reading. Now, it's, I'm going to tie it in, trust me. Our second reading is from John 6. And this is, this is the day after uh, Jesus fed 5,000 people in the wilderness. So the people who had followed him in, back into the town said, what sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see and believe you? What work are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it was written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to him, Very truly I tell you, it wasn't Moses who gave them bread. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then he said to them, They said to him, Give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So now we'll do the sermon. And as I said, this morning we continue our look at the Lord's Prayer. So since we're in week three, um, we're going to make a major shift um, as today we move from those petitions that focus on God, which we've been talking about the last two weeks, and now move to petitions that deal with us and our neighbors. Um, but before we start, I need to remind you, and for those of you who weren't here before, I need to tell you about probably the most important thing about this, this prayer, and that's this. The petitions, and think, you think about this as I'm saying it, the petitions in the prayer coincide with Jesus' two most important commandments to us, right? The first one, to love God with our heart and soul and mind, and then the second one, to love our neighbors as ourselves. So when Jesus teaches his followers this prayer, he's not just providing a model prayer for them on how to pray. He's also providing a model on how to live, how to live, how to live in this world as children of God. So every time, every time we say this prayer, we commit to become more and more like our Father in heaven, to see things through God's eyes, to desire things that God desires instead of maybe the stuff that we want, and to love people just as God loves them. And 
those first two weeks, we've explored this prayer and we've, and we've learned. We've learned to pray for God to help us in ways that make us act in the world to make God's name holy. We've, we've prayed to God so that we can become kingdom agents, people who, who partner with God to bring pieces of God's kingdom to earth here and now, not in some future date, and who surrender our wills to God's will just as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Only now, and here's the thing, only now after we spend time focusing on the prayer petitions that help us focus ourselves on God, only now do we move to those petitions that deal with ourselves and others, right? And we begin with our first request. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. So, before we jump into the phrase itself, one quick reminder, and I'm guessing we all know this implicitly, but we might, it might not, I'm, I'm going to say it explicit. The bread that we're praying for um, actually includes everything. It includes everything that we need for our daily existence. Our food, our food, yes, but also our, our clothing, our shelter, our transportation, all the other basics of life. And that makes sense, right? Because, you know, the, and I don't know if anybody uses this phrase anymore, but it used to be you'd call people the breadwinners, the breadwinners in their house. Well, we, when we called somebody a breadwinner, we didn't mean that they just brought bread home, right? They, they earned enough to buy all that the family needs, okay? So we're going to focus this morning on bread and hunger. But remember, Remember, when you're praying it, it means, it means everything that you need. So we're going to start with the first word, give, give. By asking God to give us bread, we recognize first God as the owner of everything, and two, we admit our complete dependence upon God for everything that we need and want. Our complete dependence on God. Now, if you're anything like me, admitting dependence on somebody else, even God, is really hard. Okay? Because, because it's completely, completely contrary to our culture's emphasis on individualism, on self-sufficiency, on pull yourself up by your bootstraps. We want to we wanna think that we can do it all on our own. We want to be like one of my favorite characters, um, Bart Simpson, who when asked to pray grace at supper said something like, Dear God, we paid for all this ourselves, so thanks for nothing. But, but on our best days, when we're really honest with ourselves, we know that we aren't completely independent. We aren't completely self-sufficient. And those illusions of self-sufficiency can disappear in an instant, right? They can disappear in an instant. When our, when our families fall apart, when the lab tests come back, when, when Mother Nature, or, or even worse, destroys all that we have. You know, this weekend, it was fires in Texas. But before that, it was, it was tornadoes in the Midwest. Before that, it was, it was storms along the East Coast. And of course, I, I can't speak I can't speak on a Sunday morning without, without the looming war in Ukraine that's hanging over all of us. Just one month ago, you guys, do you think that any of those people in Kiev or Mariupol, do you think any of them thought that their world would be destroyed in the blink of an eye and a drop of a bond, bomb? You know, how quickly, how fragile our life is, how quickly things can change, and the, and the self-sufficiency, the independence we thought we had comes crashing down at our feet. But yet... In this prayer, we're not coming to God only when our backs are up against the wall. See, God is calling us right now. One of us lucky people. <laughs> Instead, Jesus teaches us to approach our loving Father every day, every day with our hands wide open, trusting for God to provide all that we need. So then we move on. That was just the first word, you guys. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in this stuff. Then we move to give us, give us. And, and we've done this before, but we note again the communal nature of this prayer. Despite how many of us may have understood this prayer, 
It's not about me and my daily bread. Instead, it's about us and our daily bread. So when we pray, yes, yes, of course, we're praying for ourselves. We're asking God to give us all that we need. But we're also praying for bread and necessities for all of God's children everywhere. Fine. <laughs> and because we're praying for bread for all of God's people, we're forced to recognize that not all of us understand this prayer in the same way, right? For me, and I'm guessing for most of you, uncertainty about my next meal is not something that I have to deal with. It just, it just doesn't concern me. I've got food in my fridge. I've got food in my cupboard, cupboards if I run out. I can go to the store for more or better yet. I can call the store and order stuff online and then they'll bring it to me, right? I may not always have the brand I prefer. They might be out of something. But an absence of food, a complete lack of daily bread is never, never, never an issue for me. But now, when I pray, give us our daily bread, I'm forced to see that even though I don't worry about my next meal, there are lots of people out there who do. There are lots of people who out there who do, and you can see a whole bunch of them on, those, on that screen there. Indeed, most, most of the people to whom Jesus originally taught this prayer live subsistence lives. They, they were never sure where tomorrow's food was, was coming from. They, they got a, their pay at the end of the day, and that pay um, was all they, all they needed to provide, just enough food for that day, and tomorrow was, was very uncertain. And, and of course, there's millions of people around the world for whom this prayer resonates. They too have no clue where they'll get bread for today, much less tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after that, and all the days to come. And I know I keep coming back to the horrific war in Ukraine, but you guys, um, it's impossible to go through our daily lives without being impacted that. And, and it, particularly as we're looking at this prayer, um, what's going on there seems so, so pertinent. We've all seen stories. We've all seen, seen Ukrainian refugees fleeing their homes, and they've got little more than the clothes on their backs, right? Sometimes they have to abandon that. Sometimes they don't have any hands to carry clothes with because they're carrying their kids or their pets, right? They have absolutely no idea where their next meal is coming from, much less their food for tomorrow. And, and we don't even have to look that far, you guys. Six miles from here, three miles from where I live, there are families suffering from food insecurity all the time. Over 95% of the kids at Fairmont School with whom we partner are eligible for free daily lunches, right? And that means they, that they're really poor. And, that, and every day, as Sam can testify, that mini food pantry outside the school has to be replenished. We don't have to look to, to people in Ukraine, but there we see, we see the need just, just crying out. So when we pray this prayer, even though we pray, not, um, that, and I don't worry about my daily food, we pray for all those people that do. And we know from the last two weeks, we know from the last two weeks, we know what happens when we pray for God to do something. Yes, God uses us often, usually, almost always, to answer our own prayers. And so today, we ask ourselves, how can we be a part of making sure that our brothers and sisters all around the globe have the, the bread and the food and the other essentials that they need just to live each day? How can we be a part of the answer to their prayers for daily bread? And yes, I'm using that same picture because I just love it because it's such a great picture. And if he wasn't a pope, I'd vote for him to be a pope. We pray and then we feed people. That's how prayer works. So let's move on. Give us this day our daily bread. Note that we're asking for just enough for the day, okay? We're not asking for bread for a couple days or for a week or for a month. We're not asking for enough to stockpile around the house. And we don't have to think too far back. Remember all the hoarding of toilet paper and cleaning products and all the other stuff that happened. Oh, well, I think it happened late last year and then it's been going on for the last two years. You guys, that is not at all what this prayer is about. 
Instead, we're asking just enough for right now, which means, which means that we're committing to trust God, both to provide what we need now and then to continue to respond to our prayers again and again and again as we go to God tomorrow and the next day to ask for more bread for the day. We are, in essence, asking God to help us live out the dependence on God that we talked about earlier, right? And with that dependence comes a trust, a trust that God is faithful and God will indeed provide. Remember that first reading that you probably didn't understand anything about? That was the Israelites in the wilderness for 40, 40 years. And they were complaining that God didn't give them anything to eat. So God said, every day, every day, every night, I will give you quail so you'll have meat. And every morning when you wake up, there'll be manna all over the ground. Only enough for one day. Only enough for one day. And if you try and take more and store it overnight, you know what's going to happen? It's going to get rotten and Moses is going to yell at you. But, but those people had to learn over 40 years, and I bet you it took someone that long to learn it, that God would provide for them every day. It is scary to have to rely on God for everything every day. It's much easier to stockpile it and save it up and know that we can, we can do just fine on our own. But that's not ultimately the way we're called to live. And, and again, we know that ultimately that way of living isn't going to work when the, when the rubber hits the road. When we pray this prayer, we're asking God to teach each of us to trust in God's faithfulness, to trust in God's daily provision each and every day. Now, one more. When we pray for daily bread, we are not praying for daily cake, okay? We're praying for bread, okay? Now, I know some of you might slide it in there. Oh, and cake, too. We're asking God for the essentials, you guys, the essentials, what we need for today, not what we might want for today, not what we might prefer for today. And once again, the, the prayer conflicts. It conflicts with our consumer culture, with its constant emphasis on acquiring more and more and more and more and more and more. Each time we look at an ad, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be happy unless you have this latest gadget. You're not going to be content unless, like my, Matthew McConaughey, you drive the same car he, that he does. I mean, you know, it's always a pressure to acquire, acquire more. But here, when we pray this prayer, we're asking Jesus, asking God to help us be content, content with what we have, just with what we need. And that's really hard, too. And this prayer, to be satisfied with the essentials, takes on a deeper resonance. We're going to go back to it. When we again remember that there are so many people who don't even have what they need. They don't even have the essentials. Mahatma Gandhi once said that the earth provides enough to satisfy every man's need, but not every man's greed. That's convicting, isn't it? Every man's need, but not every man's greed. David Timms puts it this way. When we pray, we are asking God to simplify our demands and expectations. Exactly the opposite of what the world wants us to do. To simplify our demands and expectations to help us with what we need today so that we, so that we might help others whose needs will not be met today. Right? We just take what we need today and then the extra goes to people whose needs we know, even when we add ours to theirs, will not be met today. And when we understand this petition this way, it directs us away from our own extravagance, it directs us away from ourselves, which is always really a good thing, and it opens our hearts to those whose needs we can help meet. One more thing. While the focus of this potential, and, and as I've been discussing all along, is really satisfying our physical needs, right? It's really about, it's really about the, the, the physical stuff, bread and clothing and stuff. But we know that the first Christians would have heard it, and when we hear it too, I'm sure we, we pray it to encompass our emotional and spiritual hunger as well, right? The same Jesus who satisfied people's physical hunger by feeding thousands in, in the wilderness with just a few loaves and fishes, 
Then that Jesus turned around in our, in our second reading and referred to himself as the bread of life, the bread of life, promising that those who come to him would never be hungry. The same Jesus who shared his final meal with his followers then gave his own life to satisfy the spiritual hungry that's in all of us. So in a few minutes, we'll gather for the Lord's Supper. And like those, like those first followers, God will encounter us in the, in the very bread and wine of communion. It's here that God invites us to bring all our needs. We bring all our needs and we just lay them down at the table in, in front of God. And it's here we'll be fed with the very presence of God, spiritually with God's promised presence and tangibly in the bread and the wine as we exchange our needs for God's enduring love. So, homework for today. You guys, you're, you guys who are new here, I've been giving them homework every week and so far they've been doing pretty good. Homework for today. Um, today's homework is to continue doing what we've been doing. So that means continue trying to pray the Lord's Prayer three times each day, and hopefully you're, you're kind of getting into, into the swing of it, and pausing to listen to what God is saying to you as you pray it or after you're done. But then today we're also going to, um, on Sundays, and every Sunday throughout the remainder of Lent, when you come forward for communion... Okay, I'm asking you to figuratively bring someone with you. Don't grab a real person and drag them up here. Figuratively, in your mind's eye, in your mind and heart. It can be somebody you know personally. It can be somebody you've just seen on the news, some elsewhere. Someone, someone who desperately needs God's bread today. Okay, someone desperately needs God's bread today. It could be, it could be physical hunger that they're dealing with. It could be um, spiritual, emotional, something that only God can provide to, to feed their spiritual or emotional needs. So you want to you wanna think of them walking up here with you and kneeling down and you're sharing the bread and wine with them as you commune. And then, here's the key part, as you return strengthened by this meal, I want you to ask yourself, first, what this person might mean when they pray, give me this day my daily bread. What, what might this person you're thinking of mean when they pray that? And then, here's the really tough part, ask yourself how you might be the answer to their prayer. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and that you're able to bring some of these concepts into your life. Come back next week for another episode of Faith for All. Faith for All was created by Cross of Glory Church. If you'd like more information on Cross of Glory, please visit our webpage at crossofglory.com where you can learn more about the church, see our upcoming events, and watch previous services and sermons. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Everyone, and we do mean everyone, is welcome to join us at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning for worship on our website, Facebook, YouTube, or in person at 14719 West 163rd Street, Homer Glen, Illinois. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, family, and anyone else you can think of about it. Faith for All is available on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, or wherever else you find podcasts. Todd Mazera created our original music. John Uzardo engineered the sound. Jeff Wanderson handled the production duties. And I'm your friend and humble announcer, Andrew Morin. Thank you for joining us.